end up going to the doctors and I didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I wanted, told the doctor that and they said, well, I know where you're going. You're going off sick. It's the, it's the have-nots. We've touched on this at the very, very start of our journey. It's not so much for the haves, it's for the have-nots. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Anybody following our shows would get a good idea that they think that we would know where we were going. But there are quite often times, I think, we don't really know where we're going at all. It's just a bluff. <laughs> and I think that's what you're saying today sort of says, doesn't it? On your little uh, rotary thing that you've just got there. I, I, I got to have to remember. That I've, I have my little calendar, for those that know, for those that don't know, they don't care. But actually, I have to remember now to look at the name underneath the bottom and actually maybe reference them, because otherwise we've got some work to do and go back and say well, someone else said this. Yeah. But I think there are actually <laughs> sayings that have gone out of copyright and it's actually okay, you can rob it. But today's October 29th. If you don't know where you're going... Any road will get you there. And that is... Actually, it's an unknown. I said it. I just said it there a second ago. It, it was me. But I think we all say that. I, actually, I say it on a regular basis. I don't know what, I don't know where I'm going. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, what, what the hell is all this about? And, and on a regular basis... The rest of the family asked that as well. Actually, I think we mentioned on the previous show where a colleague or someone just rang in or wrote in and said, What are you doing? What are you doing? What is this all about? What are you at? And, and, and we're saying, so translate it is, where are you going? Why are you doing that? What are you trying to achieve? Does it make any sense? Why, why are we doing this? Where, where are we going? And I says, because any road will take you there if you don't know. Now, funny enough, there's an awful lot of adventurers out there that goes, I'll take the road less travelled by, I'll have the bit of adventure down the back road, and everyone goes on the mainstream, but I'm off you know, down the back roads and we'll see what's there when we get there and how enjoyable that will be. But that's a certain personality that has to be able for that. I am a personality that says, that have to, I need to know where I'm going. I don't really care how long it takes to get there. Now, other people might have a rush. We might have a time. You need to get there in your lifetime. You need to get there before you're not able to do anything when you get there. An awful lot of people are talking about their whole life as a journey to the retirement, when they get their pension. And again, what are they going to do? Sit around eating cornflakes in the front garden because now they're a little bit more immobile, more than likely based on statistics. They don't want to go too far down the road away from a hospital because they need to stay nearby just in case they have a heart attack. And, and, their, and their grandchildren are there and have to be, they want to be around to just in case the kids want to see them. So what you're happy with a little later on is just being alive, being around, having made it that far and having the pension and not have to worry too much more. We're not there yet. We want to be going somewhere. We want to go there with, 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 with vigor, with, 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 with passion, with direction, with meaning, with purpose. And that's what we're doing. Now, where, where is it there? Because we have, we have a fair idea where we're going. We'll know it when we get close to it we'll know it when we're there it's our job to try and get other people to understand where that is what that is and would they like to go too and and we keep on referencing oz and our, that's our terminology of generalization of it's our oz our oz is in the film production sphere it's making films at a certain level with lots of people of like mind and the dare is a, is, is a state of mind, I think, as, a, as, a, as more opposed to a place and time. 
George. Right, I'm going to come from the opposite perspective, I think, because I'm starting to think a little bit more about what you were saying there. And I know a lot of people who knew exactly what it was they were wanted and they knew exactly where they were going to go and they took that road and they, no, no, I'm not going in that direction. I'm going this way. I'm going this way. I'm go- no, no, it's all right. I'm not going that way. I'm- and then they go over a cliff. <laughs> and it comes to a crashing end. But they knew where they were going, but they didn't know that the crashing end was coming there. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes if we don't know where we're going, we end up worrying and spending more of our life worrying about where we think we're meant to go. I, I mean, I've had my sister to come on, come on the phone. Look, there's, there's an opportunity here. Do you think I should take it or is it the wrong way for me to go? And I kind of go, well, what do you feel? <laughs> what do you think? You know, you can be the only one that makes that mind up. And sometimes it's kind of if you get stuck, you have to take the step forward and try it out and see if it's if it's the right way or the wrong way. And if it's the wrong way, then you can always come back and try another way. And I think that's a very important thing to do. But quite often we're always trying to we have to do the right thing. We have to get on the right way. We have to go on the right path. And if we don't, we'll actually ruin our whole lives. And by actually thinking and pondering in that way, we're probably going to ruin our own lives anyway, because we're never actually going to do anything. And that's one of the worries. Whereas I know that um, from a lot of filmmakers tend to have five or six projects. And one of the things that I found is that you go on working on one project and then you come to a little block and you can't get around it. So you kind of go, okay, I'm going to have to wait for a little bit of time because nothing I'm going to do is going to help this project move forward. So while I'm waiting, I'll go over to this project and I'll work on this one and and then I'll get so far and then they'll get stuck and maybe this other one will open up again and I can move forward with that one. And you're actually moving little steps with each of these little projects and by the end of it you're suddenly finding that you've got multiple projects that are coming to fruition and that means that each of those paths are the right way to go it's just that at some points there's a block that will stop you but keep on going with something else and i think that's what we have to do you can come up with lots of ideas you can think things through you can you can come up with reasons why you shouldn't go down this particular path but at the end of the day we actually don't know whether that's the right path or the wrong one so quite often it can be a little bit of a guess and sometimes if you kind of go well do you know what regardless of what the journey is going to be it's going to be exciting and we'll have a have a little bit of fun going down there and seeing where it takes us and hopefully it'll lead to something else and you never know what's round the corner because we just can't see it at the moment and it might be the thing that we really really want to do and i think that's where i tend to go quite a lot <laughs> Actually, no, I think I told you a couple of stories before. Now, this is you, George, not the audience at hand. And because there's no audience at hand, there's only George. Therefore, I'm talking to George or anyone that might care to listen. But I've ended up, or my family have ended up, where we are based on, you know, we couldn't have tried to get here if we, if we, if we, if we set out. Oh, no, I don't know what that would have even looked like. Now, we live in a big house in the middle of the country. And the only way that I ended up here was by being unemployed during the last recession. And make actually not only being unemployed, but making myself be unemployed. I for, I was not happy in that work. I was under mental health issues. On hindsight, I think that was going on. I was about to explode. And I, I got out of Dodge. I got out of Dodge and it didn't it didn't matter that you were going out into a recession, unemployed, in a in, a, in a, what seemed like a maelstorm of 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 you'll never work again, and and the people are losing jobs left, right, and centre. But you, it took enough. It took ten years to figure out 
you had to get out of Dodge. You had to stop whatever that was, and because that was not meant, that was not where you were meant to be going. That was not the journey you were meant to be on. You ended up on that road, but you, you had. It took a long time to be able to change, and it, I think I was waiting for the perfect time. And actually, any time before that was a more perfect time than the time I actually did it, because that was in a recession, in a credit crunch. You know, it was what seemed to be the worst time, the wrong time, but turned out to be the most right time. It was the last of the curve. I got out before the Titanic sank. I got off the ship that was going down in my mind, but I didn't really know it at that time. I just knew I would go down with the ship if I didn't get off with the lifeboat. And there was no lifeboat. But I got off and I went and lived down the country and we moved out of the big city and we had some great times. With, we just had some new children born around that time and so spent an awful lot more time being around the children and all the rest of it so a new journey started and it wasn't the big city flashing lights and the big corporate culture something that I was nearly a part of and could have tried to grow more in it was actually the opposite it was quieter smaller town village community lifestyle time with your children high work-life balance and that made sense but it, it didn't seem to make sense for me if I targeted it. Now, admittedly, I had to be there and unemployed in a recession to have the opportunity of buying this house. Now, the house is just a lifestyle potential. It's I got the house for the price of the land I sat on because it was the recession, it was the property bust. I was able to cash in at the low and grow, go on a journey with this opportunity of this is the Film Academy location as a starting point going forward. It, it's going to be for our retreat. So it has potential hidden up in, hidden in it if you can now invest in it and see these new journeys that it can provide where another building couldn't. By, and I wouldn't have known that 10 years ago. It was because I didn't come across George till two, so two years ago. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of you took a road, you took a chance, you got off a road that was well travelled. You then went to one less travelled, but didn't know where it was going. But you just knew it was better than the one you were on. Now you're on that other road, you start to see other opportunities and make different relationships that could have never ever formed before, because you wouldn't have had those trappings had you been on the opposite journey. So there was no way I could be in this journey of creating the Film Production Academy with George, of filming 50 episodes of, uh, and, and recording 50 episodes of, of a, being a co-podcast host in this industry, had I not been made, made myself unemployed 10 years ago in a recession, that, and, and without a safety net and not knowing what the future might bring. Great for me that it all turned out positive. I'm very happy with it. I can see multiple opportunities working with George and other people like George going forward, and, but I don't know where I'm going. Well, I just know where we are. And I think that where we are and in the now, and this language we used before, is great. The going is a future. We're targeting a something. But the now matters. And it needs to be aligned with that future, uh, future, some future goal or future vision. So it doesn't matter where you're going as long as you're happy in the now. And every now, as long as it's aligned with your vision, will inevitably end to, to something that will be, doesn't need to be the end game of what you thought it was, because that's the saying out there, I read it even yesterday, that you never are going to arrive where you thought. 
the business you think you're thinking of is going to be 55 iterations and 200 pivots from what your vision sees it to be because you have to fill in the admin, the regulation, the process, the procedure, the people, the place and the timeline and the budget. And that will change what it actually looks like. And But it doesn't mean it'll change it for the worst. It might actually make it more tangible and meaningful and for the best. Back well, to you, George. Yeah. So what's interesting there is that um, you're telling us a story about uh, how you've ended up along the journey that you've taken without necessarily knowing where you're going, but you, you, you saw opportunities and those opportunities led you to where you are. And it reminded me that, um, well, there's a couple of things it reminded me. One, that you mentioned this is episode 50, that this is actually episode 50. We've done 50 episodes. So we've actually reached a landmark, which is we never thought we were actually going to reach here, but we just launched ourselves and did one after another after another, and then suddenly found that after a while, we've gone on this journey of at least 50 episodes and we see a whole load more coming after this. The other thing was that <clears throat> around about seven years ago, I'd been work working as a lecturer. And I, again, I didn't know where I was going. I knew what I wanted to do. I'd got myself a master's degree in education, a couple of other master's degrees. And I thought, well, great. I know where I really want to go. And then all of a sudden, I go back to the college in the September and I find the whole thing's a bit of a mess. There's so many expectations. My blood pressure goes up. I find that it's madness end up going to the doctors and I didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I wanted, told the doctor that and they said, well, I know where you're going. You're going off sick. <laughs> Boom, you're off sick for the same reasons. Mental health, high blood pressure. They were kind of saying to me, if you carried on going along that path, you wouldn't be here for much longer, let alone seven years later sitting here doing 50 episodes. So that was actually quite important because then I suddenly found myself, whoa, yeah, I don't feel right. This isn't the right journey. This isn't the right path. I knew this isn't really, really where I wanted to go, and I wanted to go off somewhere else. In fact, the job that I took that ended up lasting 11 years on that particular occasion was only meant to be a temporary job just to fill in a gap between two different routes that I was hoping to get on. I had other ideas of where I thought I was going, and that never really happened. In that period after being ill uh, seven years ago, I spent a little bit of time developing ideas for courses. And I was working with uh, an awarding body and they kept saying, oh, level three, level three. And I kind of go, no, no, this should be a master's degree. No, no, level three, level three. We don't do master's degrees. And I, and I kind of went along with that sort of journey for a little bit. And I kind of went, yeah, but I really want to be doing master's degrees. There's something about that. So I ended up having to put that on hold for a little while and, and not going because I knew that wasn't the right way to take it. And it was only then. Now, Garvin would actually say the universe and I would say God. But you kind of know that there's another agent out there that is somehow guiding you. Garvin decided to throw out a message into the universe to see what would happen. A little bit of fly fishing, <laughs> as we mentioned before. And I took the bait <laughs> and it opened up this door. More fooled you. More for me. <laughs> well, I remember the very first day I went, hang on, we've just had a two or three hour conversation like this. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to record this. And you're like three hours away from me. And I went, do you know what? I don't know this guy. I don't know who this is. It's the other side of Dublin. I fancy a car journey. So I got into my car, worked out where he was. I knew the route. <laughs> and I went down to see him. And I thought, this is brilliant. And I felt as though I'd actually arrived at my old college from about 30 years ago in the building. I went, oh, my God, this is the film school. And that's my first impression. Again, I didn't know what I was going to go into. I didn't know what to expect. But the most important thing was that I took the first step. 
I made the journey start and I didn't know what to expect, had no anticipations. And all of a sudden I found that by taking that step, I was getting one step closer to what my dream had been, which was to be part of an academy, which is where we are now and what we're actually doing. Episode 50 we've reached now, amazing. And we still don't quite know where we're going, but we've got an idea of what we'd like and how we picture it. And we're aiming at it and we're seeing if we can actually get there. But the aim is actually quite fine. It's not a scattergun effect. We know what we're looking for and we know where we're trying to get to. And that's that's the journey we're on now. <laughs> actually, I think you made a good analogy yesterday in a different conversation. You were mentioning that uh, you're happy to build the bones, not necessarily the bones of the dinosaur. We don't know what's a new, it's a new animal or a mammal or so God knows what it is. It's a futuristic something, but the bones of it. And you were saying, Garvin, you're putting a little bit of flesh on it. So, I mean, that's where we're, we're trying to manifest this, you know, could be the gorilla, could be the elephant, you know, the elephant in the room or the gorilla and evolution, but it doesn't matter what hybrid or chameleon animal mammal thing it is, it's the fact You've got to bring it out of the, have a vision. Go through the ideation, go through the dream board, the dreamscape, get your ideation, get your vision, and then start, as we say, keep on using this language, and then you have to make it real. You have to make it tangible. You have to, you can give, you can explain it in brochures and prospectuses and, and, and you know, pitches to other people so they, they, they get the dream, they, they can see your vision, but it's not, still not real. It's, it's real in their minds, but we have to make it real in the tangible world that we can interact with. And so people can, so we want, we're going on a journey of creating a tangible something that can deliver the experience in a real environment to those that want to interact with it, which is ourselves, that's life. We want to interact with other things and that's our interactions with that gives us our feelings and emotions and experiences and memories and, and that's what life is. So we have a dream of making a vision or a, Actually, we have a dream of making a vision real. You know, so now it's no longer a dream. That's a business plan. That's now a set of goals and tasks and objectives and, and, and tasks and activities where we're making, we're bringing it down from a strategic level to an operational daily level of can I actually deliver something on a day to, to a customer, to a somebody that wants to buy this or wants to experience it and others that want to be a part of it and working in it as suppliers or employees. And we, we've, we've spent the last two years working out what that actually looks like and sounds like or could taste like or could, what colour is it? You know, we're actually starting to talk, you know, branding, colour schemes, uh, where is it, what is it, how big is it, how small is it? And we use this language of minimum viable product on many a day of the Pareto principle on 80-20. How can we make it real at the first level of understanding to, to a third party, somebody or something, that they can interact with it. And or, or this podcast or this vlogcast or this show is, is an element of reality. It exhibits, we, have, we exist. We exist under a brand name. We're, we are somewhere in terms of locations and timeline. We, we can talk with you, at you. Well, at the moment we're talking at you, but we can talk with you as easy. We can work, coach you, we can mentor you in this area, whatever the subject matter might be. You're going, what's the subject? We're going, we're bit, I'm a business expert and business coach, business intelligence of a past tense. George is a multi-masters, lectures and films, film studies and editing and animation and, and God knows what else. That's just a hello. But that's not what we're talking about. It's about we're, gonna, we're creating 
a unique experiential platform of something that doesn't exist and should exist that will solve an awful lot of pain points for an awful lot of people in the film industry that will can get, give them the opportunity it's the, it's the have-nots. We've touched on this at the very, very start of our journey. It's not so much for the haves, it's for the have-nots. It's not for those that have made it, but those that want to make it. It's, those, it's not for those that had the opportunity, it's to give those that haven't had an opportunity yet, to have the passion, a pathway to getting a better chance to, to avail of an opportunity, and if they get that opportunity, to turn it into a testimonial for themselves. So again, it's all very abstract language, but we're saying we, we see ourselves as we will be the winners by being the conduit for others. The only way it'll work for us if it's, is, is if it's, for, it's about everybody else. We're not selling us. We're trying to sell the fact that if you align with us, we can facilitate you and give you the best experience that money can buy or the best opportunity in this area for you to go become the player of tomorrow, whether it be in cast or crew or acting space or, or production or making films or finance. It doesn't matter what aspect. We just say our industry go play is in the micro indie budget filmmaking sort area from post-production to pre-production to story, all of the above, and getting it out there and saying, well, it, not, none of it exists unless it all exists. And that's the problem. Too many people are coming from too many silos wanting someone else to be the answer to everything that they are not. And we figured out that by being, figuring out how to be the multi-hyphenate project manager of an opportunity, you, everyone else can then knows what their role is in the machine. So it's a very abstract conversation there, or monologue, or whatever it is, but it's, we're very excited. We can see it. We're going to make it real. We want other people to be involved, and I've, George and me, both our, both our visions are aligned, and we are investing our time and our lifetime in making that real, and others can do that for themselves, whatever their game is. What I think is important is that over the last two years for, for on the journey that Garvin and I have been on and individually all the years beforehand, we've been in lots of conversations where we've listened to people that we know in different specific jobs, in different specific roles that they've been carrying out, either in the film industry or in other industries. And we've found that there's a commonality about what they've been talking about, what their needs are. And we've suddenly started to see how we can connect dots to make those things happen that they want to, to, to see happen. And I think that's quite important because it's, it's through building up those relationships that we've had that we've begun to understand what is actually needed. Yes, the industry gradually changes over a long period of time, but the needs of the individuals haven't actually changed. They may be using new technologies, they may be trying to solve problems for a different client or a different customer, but the basic processes, believe it or not, are actually very similar. I was watching a video of some special effects guys. We're not gonna be teaching special effects, but it just happened to be a, a video of these guys looking at special effects. And they were analyzing videos and how people did certain special effects in animation on Tim Burton's films like uh, The Nightmare After Christmas or Nightmare Before Christmas, whichever it was. And they were looking at how they created these different things. They were creating a flame 
on on some kind of candles or something and they'd recorded videos of flame and they took each individual frame and projected it onto the negative to do a double exposure and they were training effectively in the video one of these young lads how to do these effects and how you do the same thing in after effects and basically what they were doing was they're opening his mind up to all kinds of opportunities and all different ways that you could do stuff and i think that's important in every aspect not just special effects in accountancy in uh learning how to be a mechanic in how to be a presenter you suddenly find that although people may have done things slightly differently years and years and years ago back in the feudal times which Garvin doesn't like me talking about but <laughs> they still had to present their arguments especially if they were the uh, joker <laughs> otherwise it'd be 52 jokers losing their heads one after the other you know um they still had to present things a certain way. They still had certain needs. And most of those needs were, how do I generate an income? How do I pay for where to live? How can I have a family in our day? How can we have a car so I can get from A to B and actually enjoy life? How do I get to spend some time with my family as well? And that's what it's really all about. It doesn't matter what, how it changes, we're not much different to our ancient bodies from years and years ago, except for they were trying to work out how do I tame this mammoth that's outside that's just frozen, you know? And I think that's the key thing. It's actually about building those relationships. And then if you build those relationships over a long period of time, you realize that that's the journey that you're going on. And that's the one that's actually important. So if you don't know where you're going and you don't know which road to take, look for the ones that will help you build relationships that can last for a long time because they're the ones that are going to be the most valuable to you, either in the way you develop that relationship and how you interact with those people, or some way financially to help keep you secure during these kind of mad times that are going on now. And even, even if you think you're the most secure person financially, such mad times as now can demonstrate to you how it can all change in a blink of an eye. So again, even in that situation, don't get gloomy, just Choose one of the roads ahead of you and put your first step forward and go for it. <laughs> now, that's actually interesting because I was talking to a couple of people and we won't worry about these gloomy times or because this could be the norm going forward forever. Absolutely. It may, but then it just becomes second nature to whoever <clears throat> because it is. It can't be just going, oh, it's a lockdown. It's this, that, and the other. It's, no, this is now. And until it changes, it's going to be this. And we cannot stop living as a result of it. It just means we go less to crowds. We might have to interact more in the virtual space. You know, I mean, we have, I, we have VR and we have, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know the acronyms, but in the sense of the kids are already, as we said before, gaming in three-dimensional real time. They're getting their PS5s next. It's getting more higher processing power, more interactive, more realistic. We bought, I think we watched a film lately called Ready Player One on Netflix, and that could be actually a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, but ignoring that for the moment and going, we're still reaching out to the world. Actually, myself and George had a little conversation before this. We're recording this going, TikTok, what the feck is that? Should, should we be talking off our heads? Are we missing an opportunity? Or are we putting it in the wrong place? Are we putting all our effort on a Facebook, YouTube with something we don't understand? And everybody has actually moved in the meantime. We're actually in Legacy. They've moved to the new space. Tick, like when you looked at the LinkedIn's and the Gary Vaynerchuk's are going, 
The opportunity you're missing is LinkedIn and TikTok. It doesn't cost as much to reach your audience. It's actually very, very targeted. The ad platform isn't as expensive as anywhere else. TikTok has got a natural algorithm in the sense of you can probably get organic growth with little or no ads. It's going that direction at the moment. But if you, the viral something, it's not we're looking for a viral something. Myself and George were talking earlier on. I'm not about to start dancing and miming to 15 seconds of, 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 of God knows what. I don't. I'm not saying we won't. We might at some stage. But that is not how we're going to interact with the platform. So we investigated quite quickly. Is there a couple of old ads on the platform at all at all? Can they talk for more than 15 seconds? Is that a possibility? And we found out quite quickly there they're just a natural algorithm, which was if you're if you're like a teenager and you want to put something up, you can capture it on your phone, you can mess around in your living room and bedroom, you can put it straight up natural to the to the platform from your mobile phone. That's how it was built. That's how it, how it was created. That's how it went viral itself. Now for the business ones, the old lads were going. Can we just move the videos we have to it? Can we cut them, slice them and dice them slightly to put them on it? Yes, we can. Now, it's not a singing, dancing, tap dancing, viral something, because we're old. For that platform, we're a bunch of owlads. You know, we're not teenage or anything. No, the, the age has changed. So we're up to 20 to 35-year-olds or 30% of the platform. Well, we're, we're 50, so we're still owlads compared to that bunch. But they're closer to potential customers. They are the type of people that want to move in their industry of jobs. So in terms of if they could be there, our market could be there. And it's not even as our market. We're just saying... We have to be on a multitude of platforms to beat the Google algorithm. It's you have to have your brand and be potentially where your customers are. And if you're not there, they're questioning why, as opposed to if you have a massive following. So we have a strategy. We're going to be there. I mentioned it to my son not 10 minutes ago, and he said, oh, my God, my friends, if they find you there. And I said, don't worry about it. We're going to be talking off our heads. We're not pushing to them. We're not doing the little dance for them. It's the only ones that are going to be looking at us and following us are the ones that actually get it, that want it, that seek it out. And if someone shares it of that nature, great. If they don't, it doesn't actually matter. But we will be on TikTok because business requires it. Anyone it, like in business they be, that has a social media strategy, immediately they will be questioned as to why aren't you on TikTok? Figure out what you can put up there and get on it. It's not that you're dancing in your slippers in the kitchen. It's be there, be branded, be giving like everywhere else, be entertained, inform, and somewhere in the background is a cell, but the cell might just be to brand you there for validation purposes as a starting point if you've got a business strategy. So Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, we're on our journey. We're going to turn up. We'll be there. We'll have our, we'll have our little uh, motivational somethings and coaching something else. But we understand for anyone in business, or maybe if just someone in the kitchen that wants to do a little dance to get a little bit of validation from the world that they're alive and they exist, take your phone out, put it out there. Don't worry what people say or criticize or otherwise. It's actually a self-validation for yourself that you're alive, you exist. You're now a TV star. You're the rock star of your own show with a customer of one and you're on TV or YouTube, whatever it is, or TikTok. Be the star in your own life. That's all that matters. And someone else might enjoy it too.
And I think it's interesting because my, my wife used to come up with something, uh, a little saying, it's like, uh, if it doesn't change soon, it's going to stay the same as it always has. And I think it works the other way around. If it doesn't stay the same, it's going to change. And I think that's the key thing is I was thinking back then that uh, there was Netscape, there was AOL, there was MySpace. And a lot of those ones have now gone and they've been replaced by the likes of Facebook. And now we've got TikTok. And in a year or so's time, there'll be a whole load of other ones. And we just need to be ready to change and adapt as and when the different platforms come. Or it could be our own platform that we end up setting up accidentally by chance. <laughs> but I think that's the key thing. It is going to change. Everything always changes. Nothing stays the same. And if it did, you'd go mad anyway, because you need to keep on growing and developing. And that's the way you do it is through understanding how the changes are and adapting your where you are now to meet the needs of those changes that are coming up. And I think that's the exciting bit. You have to see it as something exciting. Because as we grow and change, we can see new opportunities that we can then move into. And I think that's where we're now going. We may not know what path or what road that we want to take, but we're not too scared to just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo that one. And we'll go and see what happens. And then we'll change if we need to. If we find it's not the right path and it's taken us away from where we wanted to go, then we'll swap over take a trunk road and go up and down a side lane until we get onto the right track. And not only that, we'll know that where we are is where we're meant to be at that particular point in time. And if things suddenly change, that's also what it's meant to be. This is episode 50 that we've just gone through. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you can see, if you can't see your path clearly, just take a road anywhere you want. Thanks for listening to this show you can find it on itunes spotify youtube and the little ones will be on linkedin and very soon tiktok thanks a lot <laughs> the cha ah, now my last little boy is change is the only constant that matters so keep on changing every day be your actually just by being yourself and waking up you've just changed you're a day older deeper in debt and closer to the end game but get up get out of bed and interact with that change whatever it might be in the day in question you'll get surprised take care all the best bye 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 for now do what it says on the tin follow and share